Please take your Bibles and turn to uh, Luke chapter uh, 5. I mentioned I really didn't know how long I would have following the children, so I just planned a uh, devotional to share with you. And uh, this is one of my absolute favorite snapshots of Jesus that we find in the Gospels. Uh, Luke chapter 5, I'll read verses 12 and 13. And it came about while he, Jesus, was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. Now, I'll be honest, probably the reason I'm sharing this, um, I recently celebrated my 49th spiritual birthday. I came to know Christ September 20th, 1970. And uh, on those anniversaries, I like to reflect back uh, when God uh, captured uh, my heart, and in many ways, this story is my testimony. Um, uh, as this man was full of leprosy, Andy Merritt was full of sin, and then Jesus touched me, and I've never been the same since. So as we marvel at this beautiful portrait of Jesus cleansing a leper with the tender but powerful touch of his hand... I want us to examine briefly first the condition of the leper, and then I want us to look at the cry of the leper, and then we want to conclude by looking at the response of Jesus to the leper's cry. So uh, let's look first at the leper's condition. And we need to understand in Bible times, there was no disease that was regarded with more terror than leprosy. Not like today. Today we have treatment where this a person can be, uh, be healed of this. Uh, but uh, in Bible days, leprosy was incurable, uh, highly contagious, uh, and reduced a human being into an absolutely uh, horrible, hideous uh, condition. Uh, leprosy begins with its victim experiencing extreme fatigue. Uh, with unaccountable pain in the joints. Uh, then there appears on the body, especially initially on the back, uh, symmetrical discolored uh, patches. And on them, little nodules form, uh, at first pink and then turning brown. Uh, the skin thickens. These nodules then begin to spread throughout the body, but especially in the folds of the cheek, uh, the nose, the lips, uh, the forehead, the whole appearance of the face is changed until the person loses human appearance and looks, as they used to say in Bible times, like a lion. Uh, th those nodules, they grow larger and larger. They eventually ulcerate, and from them comes a very foul, uh, disgusting discharge. Uh, the eyebrows uh, fall out. Uh, the eyes of the leper become staring. Uh, the vocal cords become ulcerated, which causes the voice to become 
horse and the leper uh, wheezes as he breathes. The hands and the feet ulcerate. Slowly the sufferer sadly becomes just a mass of putrid, uh, ulcerated sores. Uh, The leprosy attacks and literally destroys the pain cells, the pain system of the body, literally producing a painless hell on earth. Uh, Without the warning system of pain, the leper continually injures himself without even knowing it, Uh, cuts, burns, blisters, torn tendons and muscles all go unnoticed. Uh, And a common problem in biblical times in the leper colonies where they often lived in caves, sadly, I know this is not pleasant to hear, but you need to understand what these folks had to live through, was actually rats uh, nibbling on the fingers and toes of unsuspecting lepers as they slept and never even feeling that happen because of the pain system being gone. Uh, Terrible infections would set in, resulting in the loss of fingers, toes, nose, and ears. And in the end, a whole hand or a whole foot uh, may drop off. Eventually, there comes mental decay, uh, coma, and ultimately death, but only after 20 to 30 years of a terrible, progressive eating away and death of the leper's body. Now, that description of the physical condition of a leper is horrible, isn't it? But believe it or not, even worse was the physical pain, or I'm talking about the psychological pain. When a person was diagnosed with leprosy, and you can understand because of the uh, contagious nature of the disease and the fact that it was incurable, the law of Moses literally banished the leper from family, from loved ones, friends, and human society. In Leviticus verse 13, verse 46, we read, He, the leper, shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So for the leper, a door was shut between him and the rest of the world. Uh, The law of Moses prescribed that the leper had to wear the clothes of a mourner. His face had to be covered, and he would have to cry, unclean, unclean, when any person approached him. Uh, In the times of Jesus, uh, it actually became illegal to touch or even greet a leper. Uh, The Jewish rabbis in the days of Jesus enacted laws which would not allow you to come any closer than six feet from a leper. And if you were downwind from a leper, you would have to be at least 150 feet away. It was very common for religious leaders and others to throw stones at lepers uh, to keep them away. Or if they didn't do that, they would just run away from them. Uh, The home of the lepers became uh, very dark, uh, lonely caves uh, in the wilderness. If you've ever seen the old movie, Ben-Hur, you remember his uh, mother and uh, sister contracted leprosy, and there are many scenes of them in a leper's colony living in the, uh, in the caves. Uh, added to all of this horror in Bible days, in New Testament days, was the fact that, again, the Jewish rabbis taught that leprosy was God's punishment on that person for being guilty of specific sins. And the rabbis actually 
name 11 sins that caused leprosy, the chief of which being sins of the tongue. Now, after, after all that uh, I've said in this very short time, you can see why leprosy was literally considered the living death. That it was what it was called, the living death. So the leper in Luke 5, the leper we just read about that Jesus touched, uh, lived a life of total isolation, a life of shame, verging on madness, never, think about it, never, never, ever knowing the touch of human affection or kindness. He was declared, and this was the word that was used, he was declared untouchable by the religious leaders of his day. But it was this man that Jesus touched. Jesus touched the untouchable. And Jesus still touches the untouchable. And hallelujah for that. Now, before we move on, it's very important for you to understand that the miracles that Jesus performed in the Bible, like the healing of this leper, were called uh, signs and wonders. Uh, they are wonders because their supernatural character, what? They rest our attention. And we just sit there in awe and marvel at the display of God's power in that miracle. They are signs, and this is the important point. They are signs because they are spiritual truths that point people to Jesus and what he can provide for them. For example, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 points to Jesus as what? The bread of life. Who offers the hungry soul spiritual food that can bring one to what? Eternal life. The miracle of the healing of the blind points people to Jesus as the light of the world who can penetrate the darkened heart of the sinner and bring to that sinner the light of Christ's life. The stilling of the storm on the Sea of Galilee points people to Jesus, the one who can bring peace in the midst of our life's storms. The raising of the dead uh, points people to Jesus, the life giver, who can raise a person up to walk in newness of life. And the miracle we're looking at this morning, the cleansing of the leper, is also a sign, a sign pointing to Jesus, the healer, who can heal a person from the leprosy of sin. Leprosy in the Bible is used as an emblem, as a symbol, as an analogy of sin. I mean, let me ask you, were you cringing when I described the condition of the leper? I mean, was it not horrible, a living hell on earth? But let me tell you something very, very true. A man in his sin, separated from God, is in worse condition spiritually than the leper is physically and psychologically. Like leprosy, now listen, like leprosy, sin is an infectious disease that runs deeper than the skin, and it cannot be helped by mere surface measures. Like leprosy, sin spreads, and wherever it spreads, it defiles. 
Like leprosy, sin deadens you to the warning signals of God. Like leprosy, sin progressively destroys you and your relationships with others. Like leprosy, sin isolates you, shuts the door between you and God, and one day you will be isolated in hell forever. Like leprosy in Bible times, sin cannot be cured by man. Apart from Jesus, you are walking in a hopeless living death, and if you were honest, you would cry, unclean, unclean. Like the Apostle Paul who said, wretched man that I am, who shall set me free from this body of death? In your sin, you are a foul, ugly, disgusting, putrid sore before the eyes of God. But I have good news. And the good news is Jesus touches the untouchable. What Jesus did for the leper, he's prepared to do for anyone that cries out to him this morning. Look at the leper's cry in the latter part of verse 12. It says, when he, the leper, saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Notice, and I find this fascinating, but I can relate to it because I think back to my conversion and this same struggle. The leper's cry for cleansing raises two issues. First, there's the question of Jesus' ability to heal him. And then second, the willingness of Jesus to heal him. The ability of Jesus and the willingness of Jesus to heal him. Concerning the ability of Jesus to heal him, the leper had absolutely no question. When the leper saw Jesus, notice, he fell on his face and he called Jesus Lord. When you go to the Gospel of Matthew and his account of this same miracle, he says the leper came down and worshipped Jesus. The leper believed Jesus was God. He had no doubt that Jesus had the power to cleanse him, to heal him. And praise God, no person need ever feel incurable in body or unforgivable in soul while Jesus is still alive. But notice, although the leper had the confidence in the ability of Jesus to cleanse him, he did not have that same confidence in the willingness of Jesus to cleanse him. He cried out, Lord, if, if you are willing You can make me clean. Now, remember, this miracle is not an end in and of itself. This miracle is a sign. It's a sign to point us to Jesus as a present reality for our lives today. And I believe it is right here where we find the heart of the message that God has for us today. Why do you think that the leper struggled with whether or not Jesus was willing to cleanse him? Well, I think the answer is pretty obvious, and I think we see it actually in the text. Luke tells us this man was, did you notice the phrase, full of leprosy, full of leprosy. 
In other words, this leper had carried the shame and condemnation of his disease for so long, he found it difficult to believe that God could receive and love someone as unclean as he was. He had lost confidence in God's love and grace for him personally, and the leper did not believe he was worth saving. He knew Jesus had the ability, but he doubted Jesus was willing. And I wonder how many in this sanctuary have the same inner struggle today. No one has to convince you of the depths and filth of your sin. Just as our passage says the man was full of leprosy, you know that you're full of sin. As the prophet Isaiah wrote, the whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the feet, even to the head, there is nothing sound in it. Only bruises, welts, and raw wounds, not pressed out or bandaged, nor softened with oil. Perhaps you are in the filth of pornography. Perhaps you're in the filth of immorality or adultery. Perhaps you've sold yourself to the devil in order to gain pleasure, power, prestige, promotion in the job, whatever it might be. Perhaps you're infected and defiled with greed, selfishness, or pride. Maybe you're like, maybe you're a very moral person, like one of those self-righteous Pharisees where Jesus looks at him and says, you look good on the outside, but reality is you are a whitewashed sepulcher, but on the inside there is nothing but rottenness and filth. No matter what you do, you cannot escape the judgment of your own conscience that cries out, unclean, unclean. You try to minimize your sin. You try to excuse your sin. You try to justify your sin. You try to blame others. But when you lay yourself on the bed at night on your pillow, your conscience is crying out, unclean, and there's no peace, and there is no rest. You know, you know you deserve God's judgment, and you believe you've crossed the point of no return. The black stain of guilt has shut out the hope of God's grace and mercy. Your life is an abomination before God. And in your own disgust and in your own shame, you are convinced you are not worth saving. You know Jesus has the power to save you, to cleanse you of your sin, but you doubt his willingness to save such a one as you. And really, the only thing you can do is exactly what the leper did. Cry out to Jesus. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now look at the response of Jesus to the cry of the leper. And as we do, oh, beloved, find faith, find hope and love in the touch of Jesus. Mark's account of this miracle, it's, it's recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In Mark's account, it's amazing. He describes the immediate, spontaneous response of Jesus to the leper's cry. In Mark chapter 1, verse 41, we read this. And moved, the leper cries, Lord, if you're willing, you can cleanse me. And it says, and moved with compassion. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing. Be cleansed. 
Do not miss the absolute simplistic beauty of this scene. We are told that Jesus, and you've been studying this in Sunday school in the book of Colossians, that he's the image of the invisible God. Jesus provides us a portrait of God. Jesus puts a face on God. Jesus reveals the heart and character of God because he is God. God is, in a word, Christ-like. I mean, if you want to know what God's like, study the four Gospels. And you'll discover God. You'll discover his character, the essence of his being. And what do we discover about God in this portrait of Jesus reaching out in compassion and touching the leper? It's this. And don't, again, don't miss the simplicity of it. God's character. I'm talking about the essence of his being dictates his will and his work. Who God is, the character of God, determines how God acts and responds to man. The moment Jesus heard the leper's cry to be cleansed, his spontaneous response was one of pure compassion that broke through the barriers of legal prohibitions and natural repugnance as he stretches out his holy hand to touch the untouchable and to love the unlovable with the swift pity with swift, swift pity flowing out of a heart full of mercy and grace, Jesus speaks, I am willing, be cleansed. Remember, this miracle is a sign pointing to Jesus as a present reality for us today. So what we discover is no person, no person, no person, never needs to question the ability or the willingness of Jesus to save and cleanse them. The leper begged, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus said, I am willing, be cleansed. The leper's doubt becomes our certainty. Nothing could be more in accordance with the will of God of which Jesus is the embodiment than to cleanse men from sin, to save them, to set them free. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 6, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you are not saved this morning, if you are not cleansed from your sin, it is not because Jesus will not, it's because you will not. Jesus, on another occasion, lamented. He, he mourned as he, as, as he looked over the city of Jerusalem. He said, how often I wanted to gather you, to save you, to deliver you, but you were not willing. I give you an iron-clad guarantee that Jesus loves you. 
And he's both willing and able to cleanse you from sin and save your soul no matter how corrupt and filthy you are. At our worst, Jesus loves us. He didn't come, he said, to save the righteous, but what? Those who are sick, sinners. The great evangelist George Whitfield used to cry out in his preaching, and I love this. He says, my friends, Jesus will take even the devil's castaways. So will you run to Jesus today? Will you cry out to Jesus to cleanse you of your sin? After Jesus cleansed the leper, and let me just close with this. He commanded the leper not to tell anyone, but to go immediately to the priest because the Mosaic law set down a uh, ceremony that a leper had to go through with the priest to be able to be declared clean and be brought into the community again. Um, Leper didn't listen very well to Jesus. If you know the story, he couldn't contain himself. And he just started telling everybody. And matter of fact, it says as a result of this testimony, Jesus could no longer minister in the cities. It forced him out into remote, unpopulated areas where the multitudes would would come to him. But what I want to end with is the ceremony that the priest would have taken that leper to after Jesus touched him and cleansed him and healed him. It is the most beautiful, beautiful picture of Jesus. The ceremony is actually described in uh, Leviticus 14. Uh, The ceremony involved two clean birds, two clean birds. One of the birds was put into a jar and then killed. And that bird represented the incarnation and the death of Jesus to pay the penalty for our sin. As we sang earlier, he who knew no sin became sin. He became the leper on the cross. That we might be made what? Cleansed. The righteousness of God in him. Then the cleansed leper was sprinkled seven times with the blood of the slain bird. So one bird put in this jar, killed. The blood of that slain bird sprinkled seven times on the leper. And of course, what did that illustrate? The need for the personal application of faith and belief in Jesus. The other bird, and this is so beautiful, the other bird was stained with the blood of the slain bird and then set free. That bird represented what? The resurrection, the ascension of Jesus, victorious over sin, over death demonstrating his ability to even raise us up to walk in newness of life. The cleansed leper, and it gets better, the cleansed leper then had oil applied on the blood that had been sprinkled on him. This was a reminder that wherever the blood of Jesus justifies the sinner, the Spirit of God cleanses, possesses, and sanctifies, changes, and transforms the sinner. You ask, what must I do to know the saving and cleansing touch of Jesus? We'll learn from the leper. 
run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Come humbly, honestly, confess your wretched, sinful condition that like he was full of leprosy, you're full of sin. And then cry out to Jesus to cleanse you, to save you. Even as the leper submitted to Jesus as Lord and worshiped him as the God of all gods. Amen? And cry out to Jesus to be cleansed and to be touched by the nail-pierced hands of Christ. Would you bow with me in prayer? Again, I shared with you what motivated this was just reflecting back on my own conversion when I was full of sin. Wondering if God could even save a wretch like me. And I'll never forget when he touched me, September 20th, 1970, when he touched the untouchable, when he touched one like me who was unlovable. And possibly you're here this morning and you do not know the Lord Jesus. You do not know salvation. You do not know his cleansing. You are still in your sin, full of sin. And your conscience is crying out, although you may have never admitted to anyone, unclean, unclean. And you know you're separated from God. But you've heard this morning how Jesus loves the untouchable, how he touches the untouchable, how he literally left heaven to die on the cross for the untouchable, for the unlovable, as he took your sin upon himself on that cross and was slain there, shed his blood there for you, and then rose again, and Jesus is alive with all power, with all authority, to forgive, cleanse, save. Who? Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Again, if you leave this sanctuary today not cleansed, not saved, it's not because Jesus was unwilling. It's because you are not willing. So I invite you to Jesus. But then let me also say, this message has an application to believers. As believers, we're a work in progress. We still struggle with sin. We still falter. We still fail. We succumb to temptation. We fall into sin. We dishonor God. And it's so easy for a believer in his failure and in his sin to lose confidence in the grace and mercy of God. Even a believer can think, in light of what I've done, I've crossed the point of no return, and there's no way that Jesus could still love me, could still forgive me. But once touched by Jesus, there's no escape. He loves you today. His grace extends to you. His mercy extends to his rebellious child or his sinful child. He desires you to return. He's, he's holding out his arms open wide to receive you as you would turn from your sin, 
to once again return to him as your first love, your greatest, pa- your greatest passion and pursuit, as you receive a fresh cleansing. And even the scripture tells us if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just what? To forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as the invitation is extended today, I, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you would open up your heart, cry out to him, Lord, save me, I am a sinner. And on the authority of God's word, he will be true to the promise he's extended to you and he will cleanse and save you. And if you're a believer, struggling, wrestling with guilt, you can deal with that today before you leave and go out of this room with a clean conscience knowing that you're restored in your fellowship with God as you return to Him. Father, speak to our hearts. Uh, For all of us, open our hearts to see Jesus, to see the grace, the mercy He extends to every person, to see His power and authority to cleanse, to save, and that He's willing, and He is able. And that would... Ignite faith in our hearts to trust Him, whether it's an unbeliever coming to know Christ or a believer availing himself afresh of Christ's mercies and forgiveness. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen.